You are listening to the In Her Flow podcast with Gina and Serena. We created this podcast to help you nurture and connect to your flow, whilst also reducing the stigma and shame surrounding periods. Each week, we will share episodes that explore conversations with female health practitioners, industry expanders, and everyday women. We are so grateful that you're tuning in to today's episode. Thank you for tuning in today. On today's episode, we have the beautiful Hani Bushan here with us. Hani is a yoga and Ayurveda practitioner and owner of Seed of Self, which is a women's space empowering the feminine to reconnect with natural cycles, earth and self. Through this space, Hani is guiding women to be more embodied, awake and radiant. Thank you so much for joining us all the way from Melbourne, which we know is in lockdown at the moment. Um, we're super excited to have you here and yeah to learn how yoga and Ayurveda can help harness your feminine energy and connect you to your menstrual cycle so thank you for being here thank you beauties thank you for having me so we thought um, we get we usually ask our guest speakers to um, give us a uh, answer a couple of questions so give you a bit of background um, a huge element of inner flows overcoming the stigma surrounding periods um, and understanding their menstrual cycle and so we usually ask um, how do you feel about your bleed now compared to your first bleed mm, wow so uh my first bleed <laughs> I I was quite young to get my period and I remember being like like asking my big sister like what's going on like I've got this brown stuff and <laughs> her, her just being like haha your life is over <laughs> no <laughs> I can relate what yeah. An introduction. <laughs> yeah it was like it was actually quite a nightmare because we lived in the bush and like my dad like my mom like asked my dad to go and get me some pads and my dad like freaked out and no. um came back <laughs> with these like massive super things and oh, I was like <laughs> It was just, it was honestly a disaster. And then it's like the supermarkets are closed because it's so late and it's in the bush. But that's all I can remember. So that was, yeah, first bleed was pretty rough. And mm. now I love my bleed. I'm still, I have some balancing to do and I've got, you know, some issues with my bleed that are quite strange that people can't mm. seem to help me with. Um, but I, I adore it. I strangely, for whatever hormonal reason, I feel most energetic when I'm bleeding. Wow. So have, yeah. So Amazing. it's actually this really tough situation where I have to force myself to rest, even though I feel really vibrant and really creative and full of energy. Yeah. yeah. So interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah I love it yeah. yeah it's amazing as well how um I guess our perceptions can transform so much from I guess our first bleed when we might not I mean I know I wasn't lucky enough to have this education from my mom being like oh this is how it's going to go down and you know making me feel like excited and empowered by it and I guess then to now where I guess you're a much more educated woman about it and you understand it and you're connected to it it's yeah, it's so beautiful how it can just transform your relationship with your bleed. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's um, 
I can remember like my sister wagging school one day because she had her period <laughs> and me, my mum like trying to sit down and explain to me like the birds and the bees because she was explaining that my sister didn't want to go to school because she had a period. Yeah. And it was the most convoluted thing in the kitchen like about like fish and a stream and I I just think why didn't you just say you have this organ it does this thing and then it sheds it like I'm like why but parents (laughs) must just feel so odd about it that they yeah Yeah. (laughs) they really do yeah it's crazy Mm -hmm. I guess to be fair though like they might actually not even know themselves like there's not yeah, I mean, I guess that's the whole point of us being here is there's not enough education around it. And even my mum made a comment the other day. She was like, it's so weird that you have a friend that, like, cares so much about periods. Like, it just it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't a thing when I was younger. And... Mm-hmm. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. And, like, I guess to go a generation further than our parents, I actually got my period when I was at my grandparents' place. Mm-hmm. And um, my grandma came in and, you know, helped me and explained everything to me. But she, like, told my grandpa to, like, leave the room <laughs> and, like, <laughs> to, yeah, to let us be. And uh, all she said was, you know, ladies' issues. She didn't, like, really say anything yeah, about periods. Yeah, it was just like an unspoken thing after that. <laughs> wow, yeah. And both um, Ayurveda, which is Indigenous to India, and then in a lot of Indigenous Australian tribes, men do have to stay very far away from bleeding women. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. Crazy. Yeah, it's it's so interesting. Mm. And I guess, yeah, I guess on that note, like tell us tell us a bit about yourself and the kind of work that you're actually doing with women, I guess, towards guiding them Um to becoming more in tune with themselves and their cycle. Mm, totally. So I uh, I work one-on-one and I also offer workshops and courses. So I do mm. this in various ways. And the ways that I kind of do it that are more um, intensive are in the one-to-one mentorships. And mm-hmm. in that, I the conversations that I have with the women, like the tasks that I set them, things I ask them to look into, we map that according to their cycle. And we would never kind of do a cleanse in certain parts. They would never fast in certain parts. Um, mm. So often when we have those conversations, they start to ask more questions and then I start to explain, oh, this is actually what happens at this part of your cycle. And I do have an online course, which is around Ayurvedic cycle wisdom. And just getting them to realise that, you know, you can, by having cycle awareness, by doing particular practices, not only uh, is PMS not normal and um, definitely in 90% of the time can be healed and you can have a, pain-free problem-free period uh, but you can also access so much creativity if you tap into those other parts mm, of the cycle absolutely yeah, yeah. Mm. and I guess for our listeners who I mean a lot of people don't actually know what Ayurveda is can you give us a little bit of an overview totally so Ayurveda I means um life and veda means science so ayurveda mm-hmm. is the life science it's indigenous to india it's ancient it's uh at least three and a half thousand years older than the bible wow uh, yeah and it's Insane. kind of our oldest medical system and also our oldest holistic health system so it's this 
beautiful science that is a lot of its wisdom is very much supported by modern Western science. So it's mm. it's very um, it's it's in depth. But it includes kind of how you should eat, what you should do with yourself during particular seasons. Um, it includes chanting and then it includes architecture. And that's where kind of crystal healing and gem therapy and aromatherapy and acupuncture, uh, all of these things came from. So it's a oh, wow. really, yeah, it's a super holistic science. And a big part of it is empowering the person that's trying to be healed with many different tools and it also includes astrology as well medical astrology so it's a massive thing <laughs> yeah wow I I thought it was more of like a like a nutrition um philosophy so yeah that's that's incredible I had no idea it was so comprehensive and so old yeah so you know any ideas of uh like energy points or energy centers in the body like acupressure acupuncture all that kind of stuff comes from Ayurveda and it is definitely about eating as well eating to your type and eating to the season and different ritual practices mm. around food are a big part of it too wow amazing yeah wow. so incredible seriously so I guess how can women use yoga and Ayurveda to really support their menstrual cycle I know you touched on that a little bit but um, I guess if you can provide some examples or what you do with your clients. Yeah, totally. So uh, yoga and Ayurveda are sister sciences. So yoga is seen as the state of being that you want to get to. And sometimes you use meditation and, and physical practices to get to that state. And mm -hmm. then Ayurveda is like this lifestyle uh, healing supportive practice to get your spirit into that state of yoga. And so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And they're never meant to be used apart from one another. They're intricately entwined. And the some of the ways that we can use Ayurveda and yoga for cycles is firstly just to recognize the energetic quality of a menstrual cycle, of the menstrual phase. And yeah. in both yoga and Ayurveda, we have these ideas of ways that energy moves in the body. And it can kind of move up and it can move down, it can move out and in and from in the center all the way out. And when we have our bleed, it's this downward flowing energy and that's called apana vayu, so downward mm -hmm. wind. Yeah. And it's the same energy when we go to the toilet and the epitome of it is childbirth. So when we start to realize that, we can work with it a little bit uh, and in Ayurveda, your bleed is very much used as a diagnostic tool for the rest of your, for your whole body and mind, yeah. definitely, definitely mind and emotions. But it's also seen as a bit of an energetic and emotional detoxification from the month prior. So if you've had a really tough time, you'll usually have a difficult bleed. Uh, yeah. But it definitely says there shouldn't be any pain or anything like that. So there's lots of different remedies that you can use. And I've personally seen like I could say 200 women have not painful periods just from doing wow. really yeah just really gentle Amazing. simple practices yeah. and it's interesting because this apana vayu this downward flowing energy is seen as like not in a bad way but 
quite heavy and quite solid and yep. almost a little bit negative or maybe mm. not I don't want to say negative I want to say transmuting so it can yep. take like other good energy and make it heavy and heavy is seen as not a great thing and yep. so for that reason we don't cook when we're menstruating and we don't socialize uh, that's wow. yeah we would have like huts in in Ayurveda instead of the red tent and yeah. it's seen as this time especially in a lot of yoga where women can actually connect to what we call their cities which is a magic power essentially and that would be saying that that moment in the luteal phase to menstrual phase we're incredibly intuitive so yeah. we kind of harness that intuition, but also uh, we want to be careful when we're bleeding because we can transmute energy. So we don't want to cook or socialize because we can make that food not healing or healthy. Yeah, we actually, yeah, we suggest to just eat a kind of mix of milk and rice when you're bleeding because your body is doing so much to detoxify uh, yeah. that we don't want to tax otherwise. Yeah, wow. That's, I actually had no idea about that. Yeah. yeah, and we even, because we do a lot of fire ceremonies and rituals and things like that, and you're not even allowed anywhere near them when you're bleeding or a couple of days mm -hmm. after because your the, the downward flowing energy can change the energy of the ritual. So yeah. it's just a time to rest, just rest and just recuperate and allow the body to do what it needs to do. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've also heard, I guess, like in terms of yoga practice, um, why you are bleeding not to do inverted poses. So like your headstands, handstands, and I guess it, that totally makes sense if you're meant to have that downward flow, I guess doing an inverted pose kind of does the opposite. Exactly. So uh, this is a conversation that a lot of people have had that mm. the womb is a gravity, it, it's a zero gravity space. So therefore turning upside down isn't going to actually affect blood coming in and out, but energetically it does. And uh, when we're doing a lot of headstands or even uh, downward dog, even child's pose is an inversion. If you think about where the womb mm. is in the body yeah. and we just want to, especially the kind of people that um, do yoga probably have scanty periods anyway because <laughs> they've got a bit of excess upward flowing energy and we want to cultivate so that we get a really healthy strong flow mm. yeah. so I guess if you're like if you're supposed to be um, being quite you know in solitude during this time and away from especially I guess uh, you know other outward energies um, can this, if you do engage in those practices during menstruation, can that affect you throughout your next cycle? Or um, I guess what are the repercussions of that? Like if you were to be doing a full yoga practice on your bleed? For example, that, or if you were to be, um, I guess, you know, engaging in things such as cooking and um, being around your friends and um, I guess not really taking this time to be by yourself. Totally. So with the yoga practice, it might eventuate in you having a shorter period or a lighter mm -hmm. period or some um, oxidization in the next period or that period. 
And if with the cooking and socialising and everything else, it's just seen that you're not resting fully and it's likely that you will then have PMS in the next cycle. So if we allow adequate rest, the next period will be more gentle. And also it's said if you allow adequate rest, you'll feel less tired in your luteal phase and be able to access more energy when you're ovulating. Mm. I love that. I just want to I just want to bang it into all women like rest. I mean, Mm -hmm. we chatted about this um, with someone else and it's just like so many people think or they associate rest without, you know, you're not being successful. You're not being productive and it's almost seen as like a negative thing. So I just want women to know that rest is okay. Mm, yeah. <laughs> totally. And like I, in my business and businesses that I'd run prior, the key is to tap into your high energy when you have it and like get a lot done in your ovulation phase and, you know, clear your decks before you get your period and allow yourself to rest, like work harder at different parts in your cycle so that you can rest when you're bleeding. Mm, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Well, you can, yeah, you can harness it as like a superpower. Exactly, city, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it's amazing. And we've seen, um, we love your, love your Instagram. And we've seen that you do chat a lot about feminine embodiment. Mm. And yeah, we're really curious to know what this kind of means. So can you share a little bit about what that sort of looks like or? Yeah, totally. So I think uh, it's different for everyone. So everyone's going to have a different feeling or definition of that term. But for me, what it is, is really understanding your personal values and your personal ethics and Mm -hmm. aligning your actions and your behaviour and your intentions with them. Uh, And then once you've got that down pat and you're doing that, remaining flexible always. Yeah. And just be actually being aware of your body, what's going on in your body, being aware of your emotions uh, and being able to kind of hold yourself. And I truly believe that when you are a woman and you're embodied, that will then, and I've seen this happen many times, it kind of manifests in becoming a little bit more conscious of the environment and uh, Mm. earth care because it's kind of the greater feminine essence and uh, we'll only ever treat the earth badly if we're disconnected from our own personal shakti or or feminine energy yeah I love that it's almost like it's almost like mindfulness but more so being totally in tune and like within your body and yourself yeah so all of the practices that I teach would say that mindfulness is a natural byproduct yeah Mm. amazing and how does that kind of I guess like having well adopting like feminine embodiment and being within your body and embodied I guess how does that kind of translate into your menstrual cycle Mm, yeah so I love to know what phase I'm in what day it is and what the moon's doing as well so Mm. mapping where what's going with my you know phase and what's going on in the phase of the moon and also seeing if I'm more energetically and emotionally aligned with which you know yeah. sometimes you can feel more in line with what the moon's doing uh, mm-hmm. than your own womb space and also you know making sure that you really put yourself forward in your ovulation phase and then you kind of go into quiet mode in the second half of the cycle 
and yeah just listening to the cues from your body as well like if you do have menstrual cramps if you have menstrual cramps to the point of nausea which so many women have yeah like Mm -hmm. come on guys there's something that's that we've got to deal with that that's not acceptable ignore it yeah Yeah. it's wild as well how many women like even so many women I speak to and I know Gina mentioned something about because she what you work in sort of like office so it's sitting down sitting down a lot and she was saying how so many women that you work with kind of just like pop a pill like pop a Panadol or pop I don't know like something to take away pain and I've seen it with women as well in their menstrual cycle is they don't they don't like listen to the signs it's Mm. more like oh this is so inconvenient this is so frustrating I want this to go away rather than looking at it and being like okay like why is this happening or what you know looking at their last month or looking at their stress levels it's just so weird that society doesn't operate like that (laughs) yeah and I I mean that used to be me on naprogesics all the time and Mm -hmm. um I don't have any pain in my cycle now I have more pain ovulating than I have when I bleed oh wow Wow. so interesting But I guess going back to what you said about, um, you know, when you're more in tune with yourself, you start to naturally care about the environment a little bit more. So um, I work in environmental sustainability and I guess what I, because it's an office job, it's um, kind of, I guess, it doesn't really allow you to take the best care of yourself because of the environment you put in, in that space. And, you know, it's constant sitting down, artificial lighting, those kind of things. So I guess, like, what do you recommend for um, someone like myself to get more embodied and I guess um, start looking at my, out for myself a little bit more? Totally. So I would, the first thing I would say is every day make a little note somewhere of your phase and the moon phase. And that's like an Ayurveda, that's the simplest way to start balancing your cycle and calming, you know, any symptoms that you have. Uh, But also being strategic about it. Can you manage your tasks at work according to your phase? Can you do that? Can you organize your projects Mm -hmm. so that your projects are beginning in your follicular phase so that you're only pitching or doing meetings in your ovulation phase? Like I know that's not the case for everyone, but maybe there is a way to work around it a little bit you know, you're just mm. doing admin before you get your period and then you have the chance to evaluate the month's work the when you're bleeding and then start afresh. But uh, one really simple thing for uh, just making sure that symptoms are under control is a beautiful practice that anyone can do as a little challenge mm-hmm. and that is to do a daily Abhyanga massage and abhyanga is a means full body self massage and what you do is you just get a warm sesame oil or black sesame oil organic you know almond oil can be really nice too and you warm that up and you just massage your whole body like you would doing dry brushing so like from the ends of your limbs towards the heart and then circular on the belly quite a lot and massaging the breasts as well and I will be very surprised if you dedicated to doing that once a day for one whole cycle, that you didn't see significant changes in PMS symptoms and your period wasn't easier to deal with. And also just doing things like 
prepping all of your food, maybe making some meals that you can freeze so that you don't have to get home from work and cook uh, yeah. when you're bleeding, just supportive things like that. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I love yeah. that. And mm. I guess as well for, because I know we have a lot of friends that kind of, it's like they want to get in tune with their cycle and they want to become in tune with themselves and I guess live a little bit more intuitively but I think for someone who has come from like living this really busy lifestyle and not really like being connected to themselves what is the easiest way for them to I guess begin like adopting these kind of practices that's not super overwhelming but just a way that they can integrate living this kind of lifestyle into their daily life yeah wow so this there's so many ways yeah <laughs> so, um you know a gentle meditation uh just being aware with your movement uh slowing down you know inviting mm-hmm. some more yin energy into your life most of us require more yin and uh more warmth and more kind of oil and moist feeling and mm-hmm. there's a really beautiful technique which i teach to a lot of people which is a very old technique very very simple to build strengthen your energy body and awareness of you know being more embodied and that's just to do legs up the wall uh which we call Prita Karani in the evening Mm, yeah yeah just place your hands on your body and just ask your body if there's anything that you haven't processed from the day Mm, that's so wholesome yeah moment to yourself yeah just allow some space and feel what's there and don't try to judge it or analyze it or change it but that's a big it's really strengthening if you can just kind of like flossing your energy for the end of the day yeah that's that's delicious I know when I've done that it's also just a time for you to like like give yourself some space to just lie there and breathe and just do nothing especially after a big day if you've been sitting down it's yeah it's really lovely absolutely yeah. just movement like after work today Serena actually caught me out doing a little <laughs> little dance yeah <laughs> to just shake off that stress and like you know in a in a movement way so yeah totally totally powerful um one thing that um I guess on this topic is I was wondering off is what's kind of the signs of someone who's like embodied versus versus disembodied so that I guess um, listeners have a bit more of an idea of what signs to look out for how to track you know I guess their progress how to see if things are working for them yeah so I think embodied is like being able so it's you know this term dharma that people use of purpose that one of the main definitions of it is to be able to respond to the present moment with what it requires and Mm. I think that watching a woman be able to do that really shows that there's embodiment there so no matter if something comes up that's triggering or uncomfortable being able to stay calm and respond in a way that is needed that's going to be beneficial also Mm -hmm. just for the disembodied stuff I think the biggest thing that I see is uh, lack of follow-through so really wanting to do things really wanting to commit to things really wanting life to be different but just not being able to continue for long enough Um, and 
So that's a classic mm. symptom of excess vata. And mm. if you have excess vata, you're probably going to have a light period and maybe some lower back cramps when you get your period. And, mm. you know, this, and also people having lots of ideas but not working on them um having big beliefs but they're not reflected in your life Mm -hmm. and if you you know anyone who's shaky or unable to hold your gaze or overly overly emotional a lot of the time these are just signs to say that things aren't fantastic and Mm -hmm. in the physical body and relating to cycles constipation you know, like we need to be going to the toilet to get rid of our hormones to detoxify properly. Yeah. And a lot of women are chronically constipated. So just wow. letting the body systems work properly as well. Yeah. yeah, there's lots of things on those two lists. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. It's almost like like stagnant energy a little bit if you are disempowered. Yeah, absolutely. Physically, yeah. And, yeah, and you, met, you mentioned... Um, an excess of vata now I know me and me and Gina are aware of the doshas but for people who aren't can you share a little bit about the three doshas and I guess how because I know like each different dosha affects you know the foods you eat and the things that you should be doing to calm down and like the environment you should be in yeah how does how do those three different doshas affect the way you look after your cycle wow yeah interesting question so um so the dosha, dosha, it most easily translates to fault. Yeah. So it's, uh, for some reason in modern times, we've got this real kind of like a zodiac sign or something. We want to call ourselves a vata or a kapha or a pitta. And yeah. that's not really what we're using them for. And right. yeah, they're, the best way to explain is they're like energies that are in our, or elements, I should say, that are in our environment and in our body. And they can kind of come into our environment or our situation and into our body and they can affect our body and our mind. Mm. And they're, so the Vata Pitta Kapha, so Vata is the elements of wind and ether and space and Pitta is water and fire and Kapha is earth and water. Yeah. So in terms of your cycle, Vata people probably need to slow down and calm down, do something to calm your excess thinking. Because when we have excess thinking and worrying, that's energy moving up in the body. And that mm-hmm. will relate to having short, scanty light periods. Wow. Uh, yeah. And kapha would be, you probably, and this is my problem, you probably need to move a little bit more in those parts of your cycle when you can. Uh, because yeah. kaphas have a lot of lethargy and maybe if you got up the energy and did a bit more exercise then you might have a less heavy or less clotty kind of flow yeah. uh, and that's that's different for everyone um and peter again would just be really slowing down allowing yourself rest because that's you know there's a lot of competitive drive with peter people and they're they're the kind of people who'd be running a marathon while they've got the period yeah Mm, Yeah. right well I think I need to look up what I am again I did this years ago but yeah yeah, completely forgotten yeah do you have sort of a favorite link or somewhere where people can find out what their dosha is 
So I would say never use an online quiz. Yeah. Okay. Well, there we go. So I'd say go and see a consultant or a practitioner or booking with someone Mm -hmm. like me. But um, the reason for that is because we have two different constitutions really quickly. We have our prakriti, which is our natural constitution, how we're born, what we're meant to be like. And then we have our vikriti, which is our current state of imbalance. Mm -hmm. And when you answer questions on an online quiz, you're naturally going to be answering them from your current state of imbalance rather than when you were a baby yeah right so it's going to tell you that you are your imbalance and you're probably not yeah Mm. I love that see I went to I went to India with a girlfriend um a few years ago and we were so excited to go and see an Ayurvedic practitioner and to have them give us like the whole down low on our doshas and it was so disappointing they were so hopeless oh really yeah and I was like this is where it's been birthed from (laughs) sometimes they especially Ayurvedic doctors they don't really want to tell you because then you'll start associating yourself with it and we don't want you to associate with a fault and yeah interesting as well because we have the doshas which mainly work with the body and then we have this whole other system called the gunas which determine the quality of the mind right mm, yeah, yeah which are both equally important I guess definitely yeah, yeah. oh so much so many things for me to look into I know given <laughs> us a lot of things to look up I think yeah. yeah and in terms of you honey what kind of upcoming workshops or events or offerings have you got coming up and how can our listeners reach you Yeah, sure. So I do an eight-week mentorship every two months or so with just a small container of women. So that's called Mm -hmm. the Temple Mentorship, which is a beautiful thing to do if you're really sick of of not following through and wanting to do a full kind of overhaul. And then I have a women's community membership called the Kula, and Kula just means community, which is a really affordable way to access all these kind of practices. And I also do do online full moon circles. And that's because in Ayurveda, if you have an out-of-balance cycle, the way to balance it is to socialise on the full moon. Uh, and ideally <laughs> under the light of the full moon but not really yeah. under the light right now but so I, I, <laughs> I do those <laughs> yeah and I've got a few online courses I've got a beautiful one which is called the radiant woman which is just a one-on-one of everything in um, Ayurveda and then I have a women's cycle wisdom course and I would love to offer your listeners uh, a discount of $100 on that one yeah so if you just use the code in her flow that'll be a hundred dollars off that one and that's a like a six module five week course that explains all of Ayurveda and then it goes through each phase in the cycle with a practice and a meditation and actually the moon goddess which is associated with the cycle and everything Mm. is quite gorgeous but yeah, um, sounds incredible. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and my website is seedofself.com and Instagram okay. it's seed underscore of underscore self. Seed of self. Amazing. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I'll put that into the show notes as well. So yeah, to make it even easier to access. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Wow. I feel like I've just learnt so many things that mm. I I mean, I studied nutrition and we did a little bit um like we did 
a couple lectures, not anything in depth at all on um, Ayurveda and Ayurvedic medicine. It was more in terms of nutrition, but yeah, I feel like I've just learned so much more in this conversation, which is amazing. Yeah. 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 It's wild how much comes from it, how much that you probably do in your daily life that is Ayurvedic. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so incredible. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for your time and for chatting to us and yeah, for all your wisdom. Yeah, all of your wisdom. It's been incredible. Yeah, thank you so much. I love it. I love talking about this stuff and I love mm. um, women becoming a bit more aware of their body and connected yeah. to, you know, its innate magical powers. Yeah, absolutely. That's what we want people to know. It's a power, right? Yeah. It's something to, you know, to harness and not to be afraid of or to yeah to avoid if you yeah. are contraception for example <laughs> totally yeah. totally yeah absolutely and I, I imagine a society where all women were just like really in tune with themselves mm. and their cycle and how we'd just be like flooded with these radiant like intuitive goddesses mm-hmm. everywhere like all the men would be like whoa what's out <laughs> yeah and like yeah. you know we have to wonder why that isn't the case <laughs> and we also have to wonder um I know a beautiful writer, Uma Dinsmore-Tully, who does a lot of women's health stuff, she wrote something saying that at this point in time, it's the most menstruating women on earth ever in history (laughs) because it's the most people and um, people have less kids and people live for longer, so have their cycle for longer. So if we did tap into the city of our cycle, it would be quite incredible what we could achieve Mm, yeah in terms of the planet and also I think empowering each other you know we're more feel empowered I think there's going to be less competition and um you know more nurturing towards one another yeah absolutely yeah very exciting times ahead yeah well it's it's all happening I think (laughs) yeah slowly you know people like yourself and um you know there's a lot more practitioners out there which are interested in this field so yeah I think yeah. things are going to change fingers crossed I hope fingers so. crossed <laughs> yeah I mean it'd be interesting to see what happens when we come out of COVID as well with I don't know I think a lot of people who weren't so like awake are now becoming more awake and hopefully like having mm. to tune into themselves and become a little bit more intuitive and yeah, yeah we're not we're not traveling as much and doing all these outward things so yeah it'll be really interesting to see the repercussions of of that of women just having to come back home to themselves yeah totally and (laughs) yeah being a bit more aware of the things happening in the body and also what's happening to everyone's cycles if they have a bit more rest yeah yeah Mm. yeah it's such for so many people I think this has been such a restful period Mm. um not exactly for myself uh but I know for a lot of (laughs) a lot of people yeah yeah, unluckily not me but um yeah I think it just naturally makes you a little bit more aware of you know your your thoughts your emotions your your actions and also like what is serving you um yeah I know so many people let go of yeah and I think Mm. for a lot of people it has been that busy lifestyle yeah needing to come back to self a little bit more yeah Mm. Absolutely. It's very exciting. Thank you for joining us in this week's episode on the In Her Flow podcast. 
Don't forget to like, subscribe and leave a review if you loved this podcast episode. Even better, share it with a friend or family member who could benefit from this information. Our mission is to normalize period talk and help women to tune in with their cyclical bodies. See See you next week. week.